You're listening to Talk Jive Radio. I'm Kelly. And I'm Thomas III. We're them damn endings. So, um, a little levity for you now, now that we got everybody all good and pissed off at IHS. Vice News has a headline that says, A super spreader jail keeps sparking COVID. Sorry. Hmm. A super spreader jail keeps sparking COVID outbreaks across the U.S. A hillbilly county jail in Oklahoma has been linked to multiple coronavirus hotspots in the Federal Bureau of Prisons. It started with the Tiger King. In the early phase of the pandemic, when the coronavirus was tearing through the federal prison system, Joseph Allen Maldonado Passage, a.k.a. Joe Exotic, was locked up in the Grady County Jail, about a 45-minute drive southwest of Oklahoma City. It's not that far. Yeah. Uh, The Netflix star, convicted in a murder-for-hire case, had been moved to Grady as a pit stop on his way into the federal prison system. When the coronavirus hit the jail, he was moved along with at least eight other Grady prisoners to Federal Federal Medical Center in Fort Worth, Texas. Within a week, the medical center recorded its first COVID-19 case, according to the Bureau of Prisons testing data. In just over a month, more than 600 prisoners were infected and 12 eventually died. There's no way to know for sure what sparked the outbreak at Fort Worth. It could have easily been brought by staff or another prisoner. Maldonado Passage's husband denied that the Tiger King had tested positive for the coronavirus, saying he was merely quarantined for 14 days as a precaution. But it wouldn't be the last time a transfer from Grady County would coincide with the federal prison turning into a COVID hotspot. Nearly eight months into the pandemic, the Grady County Jail has earned a reputation as a super spreader linked to outbreaks at federal institutions across the country. In an internal Bureau of Prisons email sent in August and obtained by Vice News, a senior regional official warned staff, should you receive inmates who have been housed in Grady County OK Jail, it would be a good idea to assume that they are positive for COVID-19. The U.S. Marshals Service and Immigration and Customs Enforcement pay Grady County a daily rate of $64 to warehouse up to 330 male and female prisoners for weeks or months at a time in cramped conditions that serve as a tinderbox for coronavirus. Vice News and the Marshall Project twice previously identified incidents where infected Grady County prisoners were shipped into federal prisons, and new evidence suggests federal officials are well aware of the problem but are unable or unwilling to put a stop to it. The problem extends beyond Grady County across a network of state, local, and private jails throughout the nation where over 52,000 people are held under contracts with the U.S. Marshals Service and the Department of Justice. The vast detention network operates under a hodgepodge of coronavirus protocols and limited oversight. The Bureau of Prisons email obtained by Vice News warned staff across the Midwest that the contract jails were rumored to be, quote, transferring inmates with Tylenol or another over-the-counter type of medication to temporarily reduce temperatures of outgoing inmates in an effort to circumvent COVID screening procedures, end quote. Kevin Lastly, a senior corrections officer at the Metropolitan Correctional Center in Chicago, said his federal facility recently received five Grady County prisoners, all positive for COVID-19, who said that they'd re- received <coughs> Tylenol to pass a temperature check. 
alarmed that the same thing could be happening all over the country. Lastly, who leads the staff union at his jail, raised the issue with the regional leadership of the American Federation of Government Employees Council of Prisons Locals, writing in an email, quote, this hillbilly county jail is jeopardizing our staff all over the agency, end quote. Lastly, told Vice News, it's ridiculous. The marshals need to be held accountable. Whoever is running that operation down in Oklahoma City, they need to get their shit together. An official at the Grady County Jail acknowledged receiving an inquiry from Vice News, but the facility's federal liaison did not comment or respond to subsequent emails and messages. Lindsay Donahue, a spokesperson for the U.S. Marshal Service, said in a statement to Vice News that, quote, the issue of COVID-19 testing on prisoners has been carefully researched and analyzed by USMS subject matter experts, including medical professionals, to determine the benefits versus the risk, as well as the feasibility of implementing a program in facilities that USMS does not own or operate, end quote. Donahue said that effective October 5th, the same day the marshals received an inquiry from Vice News, all prisoners outbound from Grady County and two other jails with federal contracts in Nevada and Mississippi would be tested before they are transported to their designated BOP facilities with the test conducted by local personnel at the holdover sites. The goal of this testing is to ensure the best of USMS's ability that prisoners have tested negative before they are transported, thus reducing the chance that COVID-19 is spread by asymptomatic prisoners, Donahue said. The rest of the jails in the U.S. Marshals Network continue to operate with the agency standard pre-transfer screening, which is a temperature check and questions about symptoms and exposure, not a test. The impact of COVID-19 on both federal prisoners and their jailers has been devastating, with the marshals reporting 5,450 prisoners infected and 17 dead, plus 153 infections among staff and three contract employees are dead. The BOP has seen over 15,000 prisoners infected and 125 deaths, along with nearly 2,000 positive cases and at least two worker deaths. A federal prisoner at Grady County, 52-year-old William Dean Brame, died from COVID in April. The latest outbreak traced back to Grady happened to happened at a low-security federal prison for women in Waseca, Minnesota. More than 445 prisoners, over 75% of the women housed at Waseca, became infected after a bus carrying Grady County prisoners arrived in late August. According to a Waseca staff member and prisoner who spoke with Vice News, four women have been hospitalized and dozens remain severely ill inside the prison. Ryan Burke, a corrections officer at Waseca and the president of the prison staff union, said the bus from Grady had 22 women on board, all but one tested positive for COVID-19. The incoming prisoners were sent to a 14-day quarantine, but the virus still managed to escape. Waseca had recorded fewer than a half a dozen cases through early August, and Burke felt that the prison had dodged a bullet until the bus from Grady hit. Bringing positive inmates into a facility that doesn't have any infections and watching it erupt, there's no denying it's a screw-up, Burke said. It just blows my mind they did this. The BOP considers 375 women at Waseca tested positive, said many in her housing unit are still wheezing and gasping for air. One woman's hair was falling out, Lacey said, and another suffered frequent asthma attacks. Lacey described having the COVID brain, lingering headaches and fatigue, but said she was doing her best to nurse those around her in worse shape. 
Some of these girls in here that they considered recovered or not recovered. Like they are sick. They can't breathe. Their voice is gone. They're winded. I look at them and I'm telling you they look like death. It's scary to me. Lacey, 33, was featured in the Vice podcast Painkiller, America's Fentanyl Crisis, and had been in contact from Wasika's minimum security satellite camp where she's serving 11 years for distributing fentanyl that caused a fatal overdose in an Oregon jail. Things at Wasika were calm, she said, until the Grady prisoners arrived and the two other buses arrived. More new prisoners have kept coming even during the outbreak, she said, and the prison's Unicor factory has continued operations with prisoners still at work manufacturing clothing. <coughs> you guys brought this shit into this prison and then you're just going to, you know, ignore it pretty much. Speaking of how prison staff handled the outbreak, I get it. They don't want to take the shit home to their family, but at the same time, we have families out there too. Justin Long, a spokesperson for the Bureau of Prisons, said the outbreak at Wasika has been handled according to agency procedures with newly arriving prisoners screened by staff in protective gear and isolated for 14 days. Long said the BOP has no authority to refuse inmates brought to us by the U.S. Marshal Service, and the agency is doing its best to mitigate the spread of the virus. As for the medical care at Wasika, Long said any inmate displaying symptoms for COVID-19 will be tested and placed in medical isolation isolation and so this goes on and it just it's astounding so when do we get to actually change the name of grady county to uh hillbilly county i mean i wish they would have called it the shady grady should we like contact vice news and talk about that being the shady grady yeah, you should probably let them know that that is the appropriate uh, terminology when you're talking about this. You know, there's not even really that many hills unless you start going back towards cement. <laughs> and you start, then you start getting into that hillbilly territory. But, you know, there's not that many hillbillies in, in Chickasha. Now, there are plenty of rednecks. I mean, you can just go down to the old General Lees and go find plenty of them. But, you know. Um, there's probably a lot of hillbillies in the Shady Grady. I mean, oh, I'm sure they're thinking about the Grady County. I mean, even though yeah, yeah, it's in Caddo yeah, County, yeah. The, the greater Grady County. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, um, yeah, that's it, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, considering the the point of view that most of these rednecks around here have um, toward COVID, you know, I mean, and then. Of course, them them uh, giving them Tylenol before they went and did their screening. I mean, you had to know shit like that goes on, right? I mean, these are these are people who work in the county jail. Like they're not the most upstanding citizens. Well, you know, and not only that, nobody around here fucking believes in COVID. <laughs> Yeah, Nobody believes like, in COVID, so none of these jailers give a shit. It's dangerous. You know, they're like, oh, it's just, you know, it's just the flu. Let them catch it. And, and okay, so let's say there's a prisoner in there who's aware of COVID and who's like, hey, man, can I get a mask or whatever? You think those jailers who don't believe in COVID are going to give him a mask or yeah. do anything to improve the conditions? No, I mean, like, there's a good chance that 
at least one or two of the pods in Grady County Jail doesn't have running water right now. That's just a that's just a a simple fact of just any jail in, in Oklahoma probably. There's gonna be a cell that doesn't have running water. Now in the the era of COVID and having to wash your hands constantly and all that kind of stuff, when all they give you is one little bar of soap and you have a, a sink that's not running, how do you do that? When you only get to shower three times a week. And then knowingly sending these people to other places, to bigger places. They're talking oh, about yeah. this being a federal holdover. Well, you know, they may not have had COVID going in, but they're having COVID going out. And that's just, that's really fucked, you know? Yeah, we, I mean, we know that the Grady County Jail is notoriously um, overpacked, overcrowded. <clears throat> And whenever you you just pack people on top of each other and you're bringing people in that are, um, you know, on federal charges, like that's where DMX was at. Whenever he was being held before he went to federal prison, like, you know, Wesley Snipes might have came through there. I don't know. (laughs) But they come from all over. And so you have a shitty jail system. You know that they're not. I mean, you know that the 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 air quality isn't great inside there. They're not, they're probably not, uh, nobody's HEPA using HEPA filters. filters. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's not like, not like they're really trying to keep the, the bacterial rate down really good. I mean, uh, most of the time those, those guys in the pods, like they'll just, they won't even clean those pods. They'll make them clean. It. So they get the cleaning supplies and they get to clean it and shit. You know, if they don't do a good job, I mean, it. and you have all these people together, they're going to all, if one person has it, the rest of the people in there are probably going to catch it. I mean, shouldn't, we got to ask a lawyer, like, is there some sort of criminal responsibility uh, that goes with this? You know what I mean? Could there be, should there be? Oh, I think there's, I think there's, there's some liability there. Um, prisoners that are dying from COVID while, while in the prison system, I mean, or in, in the county jail system, that kind of thing too. I mean, we're looking at a lot of people who end up sitting in jail for a year before they ever even get to get a trial. Well, and not just that, though, but they know. they. It's not like, oh, well, we didn't know that they had COVID. They know, like, they're giving these prisoners Tylenol and things to bring their fever down so they can pass the screening at this other place. And, well, not our problem now. Knowingly concealing it. Yeah, and not only that, I mean, they have resulted in death. I mean, is the Bureau of Prisons just going to say, well, that's okay? I mean, they they already said that the administration and the higher-ups know. 
Well, let me ask you this. When has prisoners' lives ever mattered to the government? Never. When have Indians' Indians lives mattered? Never. Well, prisoners are criminals. Criminals are the poor people, the brown people. They don't matter. Well, we lock them up and we out of sight, out of mind type of shit. Sell them into slave labor, whatever the hell. It's their fault. They messed up. That's I mean, what they get for being brown. Got, yeah, there's kids that got sentenced to, you know, 30 years for stealing some candy and shit like that. And, you know, been in the prison system this whole time. Just, it's, you know, it's institutionalized. And we'll, when we're talking. We'll talk- never know another life. Yeah, and when we're talking about these, these small hillbilly jails doing what they can to infect larger populations. I mean, surely somebody's got to come down on that somewhere, right? But, uh, theoretically, I guess, I guess from now on, is it not the shady Grady? We're going to have to contact vice and we're going to, we're going to talk to vice and see if we can get that corrected from hillbilly County jail to the shady Grady. (laughs) They're not the ones that called it that, though, law enforcement officers. So I think that we really need to do what we need to do to tell them, issue that retraction and correction. The Shady Grady Hillbilly County Jail. Yes. Like, please, credit where credit is due. This is what the locals call it. And we would very much appreciate the clarification. Yeah, but that is, that, I mean, that was a pretty funny quote from the email. That was, that was from the actual email, right? Yeah, that's from the actual email. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, if you want to read that story in its entirety, you can go to our uh, social media pages and uh, or you can check out Vice News. Thanks so much for tuning in. We're indigenous. We're independent. We're them damn Indians at Type Jive Radio.